How you doing, everybody? This is Sal, the voice Valentinetti from America's Got Talent, and you're listening to the Growing Up Italian Podcast. What is up, everybody? This is the Growing Up Italian Podcast, and we have return guests, Sal, the voice, Valentinetti. How you doing, guys? Alongside with Rocco. Yo. You guys know Rocco, too. Great to have you again, Sal. It's, it's been a while. great to be here, Sabino. So... Smile that lights up the world. For those of you that don't that don't know, we've done a podcast with Sal a long time ago. And it was actually the first time we've ever met him. He literally showed up, sat down, had a great interview, went mm-hmm. out to eat after. Mm-hmm. Since then, the rest is history. We the became, rest is history. We became like <laughs> we became really, really good friends. I'm, you know, I love these guys, really. So. I'm, sing- I'm singing a Rocco's wedding. <laughs> That's how close it is. That's right. <laughs> That's how close it is. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a great journey, man. Like, uh, you know, you just recently moved to Florida. Full That's right. Time. That's right. So I haven't been seeing you as much as you moved in October. So, I mean, and it's before anybody starts, it's it has nothing to do with the crime rate in New York going up. I I, I decided that if I'm gonna be stuck anywhere. I want to be stuck someplace where there's palm trees and, and a swimming pool nearby. I don't blame you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so we we but just we just love a it. side note from since I know you, yeah. I will say this one thing that you've always loved Florida. So I've always well, I've always hated the winter. <laughs> exactly. I've either run to Florida, or California to get away from it exactly. year after year. Exactly. You say it every time. So I just don't like if the anything, cold. You became a premature snowbird. It's where? it's crazy because I'm the size of a polar bear, <laughs> but I hate the winter. The scarf is because he's cold, not because he's going for a look here. That's right. It, it's uh, my my blood has thinned out, uh, and my breasts have grown. So I now I have the scarf on. But other than that, things are going great. Don't worry about it. So you know what they say in our town: "Kidena bonza, then agrians." That's right. That's you do, right. You're doing good. You're doing good. <laughs> Sabino right. knows. Sabino knows. So um, it, it's great. Sal Sal pulled up today, and literally the second I saw him, I put him to work. I'm like. Let's do a TikTok. I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah. If you haven't, go check it out. It's hilarious. That was a lot of fun. But that uh, was a lot of you fun. You just recently made a TikTok too. So I made a TikTok. Now I am not anywhere <laughs> near the roster of talent that you guys have on the growing up Italian TikTok. I think you've you're more than ca- capable. To I I am an I am an amateur, as they say. You know, <laughs> you're learning. Like, you're learning. I'm learning. We're getting there. We're getting there. I really enjoyed that one. Really, it was, just, it was like one. the perfect storm because we were going to get some stuff, some prosciutto, some mozzarella before we did this, and Rosaria happened to be there. So I was like, you know what? Let me get a TikTok too. You know, Rock, I'm the content guy. That's you know? a good like, point. So th- this whole thing came about because of something that Rocco said. He said. We, we we never get to business. It's always it's always all this personal conversation. All this pers- we we had to like, I think Italians are the only culture that has to eat a meal 
before we get down to business. Yeah. You yeah. know, we got to break bread. We got to make sure that 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 everyone is nice, calm, and fed before we get down to it. That's, That's like so the icebreaker. He's like, he's like, he called me. He called me earlier today. What do you want to eat? When he, I was on the exit ramp for Mika, he called me. What he said, what do you want to eat? I walk in, he goes, let me get you something to eat, right? Now, the first two phone calls, I said I wasn't hungry. By the third one, he had mentioned food so many times <laughs> that I, I was all of a sudden hungry again. He's got to get so, a, little, a little something. Uh, you know? And so what better than a TikTok about going to, get, going to get a little bit of food and getting carried away? Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because I was, we just posted an Italian rule Sunday. Every Sunday we post a rule in the Italian world or just a general rule. And this past one was allow social conversations to pass before mentioning business. Meanwhile, Sabino saw Sal for the first time in a few months. And he's like, yo, let's go. Let's do a TikTok. Come that's on. That's right. That's right. But it was like, just, it's, but if you it look just at funny that, how it at works. That, at that meme, I literally commented. I commented, how you doing? Where's my money? Exactly. <laughs> we, you know, it, it, it's, it's crazy. But I think, I think this is how we got to operate from now on. We, we got we to gotta get all of what we have to get done that day done first. Because then we're, we're going to be, you know, eating and, and bullshitting for, for the whole rest of the day. <laughs> well, you know, I want to be honest. I saw you were in town and I right away I called you. I'm like, all right, I need to follow up and I need to promote your album. That's I'm like, right. Right away. I'm like, you're here. You know, that's my job as your friend to do it. You got to be on my platform. And I made sure you came before you left. Uh, before, before we get into the album, you're also now a dog dad. I am. You want to talk about that a little I bit? I am a fur dad, even though he's got hair. So I, I put in an application to adopt a dog when the whole pandemic started, as did, I guess, the rest of the country, because <laughs> I was on a year and a half waiting list, because I, I needed something that was small enough to travel, because I travel a lot for work, and uh, hypoallergenic, because I'm, a, I'm allergic to fur, right? So... Uh, I put in this list and I completely forgot about it. And I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see uh, a friend of mine, this this woman, this woman Patty, uh, had gotten a dog for another friend of mine, um, Maria Venuto. You guys know Angelo Venuto, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Daughter, yeah. yeah, legend. A little a little Yorkie puppy named, of course, Noki, right? Yeah. So I see this and I go, how? Like, they, they adopted him. I said, how? She said, well, this woman had a litter of puppies in Brooklyn. And they were a little young. And they need a little help. So I said, okay, what are they? She goes, they're Yorkies. Now, I know Yorkies to be, you know, a little uh, yap, yip, yap dog. It's biting always at a the little heels one. I see it. Yeah, yeah I, right. know, I know. This little, like, pocketbook <laughs> dog. And I'm thinking, you know... I, I really want a dog, and I'm not going to have this opportunity probably for a while. I said, I'm, let's, let's do it. Let's go get the dog. So we pick him up. He's got no teeth, right? He, <laughs> How old was he? He was five and a half. Uh, six weeks. Six, six weeks, weeks old. Yeah. Way hey, too young. It's like eight weeks, pup. right? The, the, the there was an issue with the, with the mother and everything, uh, so they, they had to let them go young. So the first you know, few days were a little touch and go. I was feeding him with a, with a syringe. And everything and you know making sure that that he was growing right within a week he had teeth you know within uh two weeks he stopped peeing on the rug and that's pretty good you know within a couple of months as soon as we moved down to to florida you know every person that walks by our front door knows him well 
he 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 puts on this bark, right? He's eight. <laughs> oh, he's okay. grown now. He's six months old. He's eight pounds. So he's actually gonna be a pretty big Yorkie. He's gonna be like fourteen pounds, pretty big. What are you, you feeding him, cuz? Uh, <laughs> that's the other thing. The the food that I gotta order for this dog, right? One day we got him the wrong food, and we had to find. Like, we had to get on Chewy and see if we can get the right food by the next day, and we forgot to order groceries. So this dog, this dog's eating better than me, right? Uh, uh, but How's it working? Like, um, how's it working as far as, like, walking? Is it, Are you doing it? Is Gianna doing it? So, Does he pee on his own? So or? we just started doing walking because he is so young. He just got his last round of shots. And Gianna took him, and he, he's tough. Like, he acts tough, right? He'll bark at a dog. And then when you put him down on the floor, he right? Stops. All buck, no bite. He he <laughs> curls back and tries climbing up your leg. He's like, I really don't want to do this. Yeah, like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't know we were going this far with it. He's like me. But he's a good watchdog. You know, if there's anything going on outside, you know, it's Miami. It's a party town. There's people up all night. If there's any commotion going on, he's right there. You know, he makes sure to wake me up by barking uncontrollably. Uh, so that I can go and, and assess the situation. So he's a good watchdog. That's good to know. Uh, yeah. Walking's going good. The only trouble is, now, uh, he's a, of course, he's a male dog. His name's Figgy, by the way. He's a male dog. and uh, That's also in honor of your friend. That's right. Away. That's right. I had a friend. R.I.P. R.I.P. Albie Figueroa, one of Boston's finest, finest uh, bookmakers in all the land. Uh, so anyway, Figgy. This, this just past week, I, I put him down. He walks over to the wall and lifts his leg. This is new. He's never done this before. You know, he peed on the pad. Everything was fine. But now he's lifting his leg. So I go on to the Yorkie Dad forum on oh Facebook. <laughs> you got to sell the voice 15. That's his you got to be you got to be a part of it. You know, if you want the right information, these people are nuts about these dogs. So anything that could possibly go wrong, these people are going to know. Mm -hmm. Right. It's kind of like a, a Reddit or like ask Jeeves kind of thing where. Right. I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting them to tell me that it's time you know, to do oh, the deed. Oh, shit. You did that? I didn't do it yet. I feel bad. Like, I don't know. And then, you know, you, you look on North Shore Animal League and they tell you, you got to do it. Well, and I'm it, changes, like, it changes their personality a lot. Yeah, but, you know, the poor guy. I wouldn't want someone coming over and, you know. We'll be sure to fish a deal off. Right? Oh. That's the one thing you can't take away from me. That's right. <laughs> you know, he's he's got such a, such a deep bark for a little dog. And I'm afraid that if we do it, too soon. There it goes. That's right. His 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 pitch might go up, and then what? These people aren't going to be scared of him. They're gonna they're gonna sing with me. I, I'll kick it off the balcony if anything happens. You know, he's not going to sound like Cujo no more. That's great. Behind That's the great. door, you don't know what the dog is. That's but, right. He's got a he's got a like a like a deep like a he's growl. He you know? like could a be a Rottweiler. Rottweiler. That's right. He sounds like an eight pound Rottweiler. You're thinking, oh, I don't want to mess with this, but now you know. I don't know. I don't know. So it's tough. It's tough being a Yorkie dad. It's tough being a fur dad. You got to make decisions for somebody that can't talk. You know, these days, these days where parents are trying to let the kids decide, you know, what gender they want to be, at least they could tell you. You know, the dog, if I'm about to do this, he's looking at me. He's thinking, we're going to the park. And I'm looking at him like, sorry, pal. We're not going to the park today. And I got to live with that decision. It's, it's tough. It's rewarding, but it's tough. Yeah.
Nah, it definitely is. Um, so, like we said at a meme, we talked about, uh, you know, some some fun go. stuff. We got that now, out of the way. Now, now it's time, time to talk business. about some business That's stuff. right. Sal the Voice, Sal Valentinetti, My Little Valentine, out now. Mm-hmm. Now, we spoke about this so many times. That's right. About the fact of your style of music, mm-hmm. that big band. That's right? right. Making it work to an album. So this is your third studio album. Yep. And your best, your best one. This is this is uh, it's incredible work what was done here. You know, I'm I'm not discrediting the work that was done on the albums prior, but I mean we we really pulled it out. Um, the arranger, uh, Glenn Morissette from Family Guy, uh, Woody Woodruff, who's a, a multi Grammy Award winning. I just, I just want to go back, guys. The guy. That made the jingle for Family Guy. Well, he did. He did the that's, arrangements. He did the arrangements the on most of the. So Family Guy utilizes uh, the big band a lot. They have a big band in and studio. transition, right? And stuff, yeah. And you know, people need to need to. You know, those songs are, are are basically original songs. And so you know, these guys are given a tune, and then have to take that tune, and write in all the parts. For all the horns, for all the strings, for the drums, for the for the bass, for the piano, all those parts need to be written in, and it's a really in, incredible task because you're basically taking something. You're basically thinking of what are the saxes doing here? What are the horns doing here? How is this shout gonna go? What what tempo should this be at? How should I instruct? You know. What rhythm should this be? How do we instruct the rhythm section to, you know, it's a whole thing. Uh, uh, it's very complicated. You basically need to know uh, all of these instruments, have a good understanding of, of, you know, how they could be played. And then translating that onto paper for, in this case, 34 pieces, 34 yeah. different instruments, 34 different, we're different about, parts. We were talking about before how hard it is to read parts. music. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like when you're looking at music, I I can't really read music. I'm kind of embarrassed to say. And he does it for a living, but know? I'm not too yeah. proud to say like, okay, I want to do a record. You know, uh, let me over the last four years at least let me align myself mm-hmm. with you know some people who have you know expertise in this field, some people who are really really talented at doing all these different things because I'm not. Mm-hmm. And so you know, Glenn Morissette. Um, actually played for me on a gig in Carlsbad, California at the, uh, it was a, it was a big corporate thing, um, down, down by San Diego. And the sax player was running late for a sound check. I'm going to Dave Damiani, who actually produced the record. My, my good friend, Dave Damiani, he's another vocalist out of Los Angeles. Um, and he knows all these cats. And so I'm going to him, "Where, where is this guy? And he goes, well, He's got an old Volkswagen, and it broke down on the on the 405 freeway. And I'm going, old Volkswagen? Yeah, yeah, he drives this old Volkswagen. I said, okay, is he going to make it? And he said, no, no, yeah, he's going to make it. I said, but doesn't need the, we, we need to see the arrangements? No, no, he knows the arrangements. He knows the arrangements, right? Just kind of like blew it off like that. Glenn shows up for the gig, um, you know. Very, very smart guy. I was talking to him about his van, and we're talking about Volkswagens and everything. And then to hear him play, I mean, just flawless on the on the saxophone. Really incredible guy. Read down the arrangements like it was nothing. Almost like he had seen them before. So how long did it take to get 
the so all these like instrumentals done. So September, so well, let, let's just the arrangements alone. September, I had the idea to finish this record that I had actually started while I was living out in LA in the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah I remember. That. And uh, you know, right as we were starting to get the tunes together to for for Glenn to arrange, um, we. You know, I, we were shut down. I had, I had to come back to New York. It was a whole thing. Uh, you know, whole, whole pandemic. Whole you 2020. Drove, you drove you drove cross county. I drove to cross California. Country, cross I country drove, I drove twice. Two, yeah, I drove to Cal... Well, no, not twice. Well, I drove to... Oh, it is the second time you shipped I it. broke yeah. my leg. So I drove yeah. to California in last February because I thought I'm going to be out there till, till at least late April to finish this record, right? The beginning of March was my last gig before the country shut down, before the world shut down, um, in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and I fractured my ankle. So now I have a boot on my leg. Mm, I remember that, yeah. The country, now the, now the following weekend, I have a gig at Herb Albert's Club, the Vibrato, right, in Beverly Hills. And it's about to get canceled because the, the country's shutting down. And I'm saying, well, if this gets cancel, canceled, I'm going to go home, right? Because that means everything's shut down. Yeah. For at least a couple of months what's the point we'll, we'll do this again some other time so the world gets shut down and i drive around in my truck for about an hour and my my ankle is throbbing and i say i can't do this so the next day i call a, a transport service and i said listen i need somebody to pick up my truck in in you know in the valley in studio city north hollywood area um and take it back to new york for me and the lady on the phone is like when Monday. Oh, no, we can't get somebody that quick. Listen, I'll tell you what. I'll call around and I'll let you know. I get called back right away. Uh, this, this Armenian guy from, from Long Island City is a truck driver, right? And he's trying to get back home before the country shuts down, right? And I'm going to him. I go, I go uh, can you come pick up my car Monday? He goes, I'm leaving Monday. You got to be there Monday. I said, fine. This was Sunday. Sunday night, I packed my entire apartment into the truck. I Monday morning, I put the, the truck, my truck on, on their truck, sent it home. I flew home that afternoon, and that was it. So now it's, it's September. After the summer, you know, the summer, we, we actually got to do a couple of shows. You know, since March, the entertainment industry, the live entertainment industry, uh, has been crippled, completely crippled by this pandemic and it still is even though some some people have been able to make a comeback in some way or another we have not at all so the summer we had a couple of shows limited capacity i said i want to get these musicians working i want to get people out there and i I want to put music i just want to get out of the house and do what i love again so we did a couple of them and then we got shut back down in the same time we recorded uh some some stuff for get in the car and I, I, I came off this high. And all of a sudden, I felt like as soon as everything was canceled again, and as soon as the world kind of fell back down into this come September, October, uh, I felt sort of that, that depression again, being, being deprived of the thing I love the most. And I thought to myself, what do I want to do right now? Do I want I feel I feel like you kind of feel this in this in this album because yeah I mean you have the original song without love mm-hmm. amazing song yeah so the, give give us a little of that story because that's the original song on this project 
And before you start that, I was really excited to listen to it because I've always, me and Sabine always said, like, we need a Sal original. Yeah. You know, you sing all these great classics. We always wanted a Sal original. I know a lot of your fans wanted one. So take us through that and thought also, process. It was, it was kind of a surprise album, too. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, like, yeah. I was like, what the hell? He released the album. I, I thought you were trying to be, like, like pushing a calendar, like My Little Valentine. All of a sudden, yeah, honestly, album. honestly, I felt so... So depressed, and I didn't want to let myself fall into this kind of black hole that we, I guess a lot of us got sucked into this year. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do something I want to do. I'm going to make a record with music that I love. And so I, I called Dave Damiani, who produced the record. He happened to be in Atlantic City the day I called him. And I said, I'm getting in the car, and I'm coming to meet you at your house. And he goes, why? I said, we're finishing the record. He goes, what? I said, we're finishing the record. That's great, man. I, I get in the car. I drive. I make a three-hour drive in two and a half, right? <laughs> Listen, Speeding. When, when you drive a, a grandma Cadillac with white walls, the cops, the, the Jersey troopers, they don't want to pull over someone's grandmother, so they let you go, right? So, so I get down there two and a half, and I say, we're, we're going to do the record. And he goes, okay. I said, do you think we can get the studio? He goes, I'm going to try. Do you think we can get a band? He goes, how big? I said, I want a big band. He goes, 34-piece orchestra. We'll do strings. We'll do horns. Uh, we'll get Glenn Morris set to arrange it. You know, we'll, we'll get Lyman Medeiros. We'll get, we'll get uh, 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 Gary Matsumoto. We'll get Woody Woodruff. You know, two-time Grammy Award-winning engineer. This is all in a day? We, we, we dreamt this up in about four and a half hours. Jesus. Wow. We sat there, and then we decided this is the music we're going to do. And he goes, are you going to put an original song on here? And I said, sure I am. See, in 2018, I met with a songwriting team, uh, uh, Lisa, Lisa Ives and uh, R. Uh, R. Keith Swanson. Uh, and they're the songwriting team. She's in Massachusetts. He's in Jersey. And they write the, mu the type of music that I sing. They write standards, but brand new music, new tunes and new lyrics. And we're, we're going through all this music at the Ohika Castle in Long Island. We got the room with the, with the grand piano and all of that. And we're, we're going through all this music, and we get to this song, Without Love. And I start singing it, and I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to slow this down. This is a, this is a song about pain. And a, any song that refers to a great deal of pain should have the same kind of cadence, the same kind of ballad mm -hmm. sound as a it. song that deals with love. Because pain is the only human emotion that's equal to love. For as much as we love someone, we hurt when they go away. Yep. Whether it's a breakup or, or like this year, losing someone. Um, well, like any year losing someone, but especially this year when either you're losing someone to COVID or you can't grieve that person because you can't come together as a family. And we as Italians, we know, you know, we know how that is. So, um, you know, we, we go through all this pain. And I said, let's slow it down. And I sang the song through, and we get to the end. And I was so moved by the lyrics um, that I, I had to walk out. I was about to cry. I walked outside. I give myself a minute because, you know, these people are meeting you for the first time. You want them to see you crying you know like what the hell's that matter with this guy right it shows the passion though of of the record you know i, I come back inside and uh his name's rich richard's crying and you know and, and he's i'm going oh my god i'm so sorry and they go to me they go sal that song is about 
Richard losing his wife to cancer. And 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 she he he couldn't personify those feelings. It's such a you know when you lose the love of your life so tragically, uh, you know happy endings have ended, all my prayers unattended, you know uh, uh, though sometimes uh, though though sometimes I pretended my heart could be mended. What good would that do without love? So in other words, he you know people. People were trying to make him feel better about this horrible tragedy yeah. and trying to piece his broken heart back together. But he's saying, what good is is a fixed broken heart, a mended heart, without, without someone love. to love on the other mm -hmm. end of it? You know, and this song was so powerful. I didn't even tell them. This was two years ago. Uh, three years ago. Well, th three years ago now. I didn't even tell Lisa and, and, and Richard that I was going to do this song. I just had Glenn arrange it. He made a beautiful arrangement with the strings. Um, and we went in and recorded it. And it just, it came out so beautiful. It really, really did. And then, and then I sent it to them. I remember we, we, were, we were recording the vocals. So we did the record at, at East West Studios, which is a famous studio in Hollywood. It's Frank Sinatra and Bing Crosby used to, used to have a partnership in it. Everything Frank Sinatra did on Reprise, that, that was his, his own label. Uh, That's Life, Fly Me to the Moon. Um, Speaking of which. My you, Way. You did you did My Way on this album, too. That's right. Your own, your own version. Of I was that. waiting for this for so long. And so we, I know so a lot glad. of people were. I'm so and that's glad why, That's why, like, I said, you know what? I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. I didn't even tell. You so did it your way. Very important. Very important <laughs> yeah. piece aside. I didn't even tell my mother that I was recording this record. Because I knew even she would have something to say about it. And I said, I'm not letting anyone decide what you, I do on had, this record. You had your gut feeling and you, you had that creative. See, my mother, my mother was so proud without telling me. This is how she would tell me. She would never tell me. My mother throws compliments around like manhole covers. But that's how, <laughs> that's how she keeps us <laughs> in line. Great line. So, so uh, my mother, this is how she would say she's proud of me. Don't put my way on a record because you... That's that's like that. It was such a moving experience for her to be there when I when I did that on AGT, that she thought like it was so that's right. special. You performed it. You performed it on AGTV. It was too. so special to save it for the live show that people should come and witness this, you know. And I said, you know, no, I want to put it on. You're the like, record. I don't know when they're gonna witness it. That's right. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know when that. Like, At this point, <laughs> exactly. I said, I'm doing this for me. I don't know when the next time I'm gonna perform is. Let me do this. And so in the studio where Sinatra recorded that. We did it. Oh, that's legendary. Yeah. And that's legendary. and uh, oh, that's a great story, bro. That's and, a great and, story. And it was so it was such an incredible thing. So the arrangements. Did you feel Frank Sinatra's like spirit when you? When honestly, you honestly, honestly, no. I'll tell you what. I felt the occasion of Sinatra. You know, Madonna, Michael Jackson. Uh. Uh. uh um. John Legend just earlier that day recording in the same studio that I was that I was about to record my record in but about and I'm you know I'm getting a little you know about an hour into it when I first heard this inc these incredible musicians run through these arrangements that were crafted just so beautifully I felt more of the presence of my grandmother, of my Uncle Joe, of the people... Who introduced that music to you? Yeah, and who, who encouraged me to take it to the next level. 
And even though my parents are still with us, you know, I felt even my mother's energy, you know, kind of that voice in my head saying, don't leave anything unfinished. Make sure it's the way you want it. Don't be afraid to speak up. Because the band was so incredible, because Woody Woodruff is so incredible, because Dave Damiani, because Glenn Morissette are, are so incredible, we finished the tracking, 12 tracks, in about five and a half hours. That's unheard of. Wow. That's unheard of. That what was that, was one take? <laughs> it's, it was two was takes one... per song except for Beautiful Girls, because Beautiful Girls is a Van Halen tune, and no one's ever done it with a big band. Yeah. And it's such a, it's so nuts. It's almost like a, like a marching band feel. And it, and it was so, so incredibly, you know, not complicated in the sense that it was difficult for the musicians to read, but complicated in the sense that it was so, you know, intense that we had to do it a third take. So when's this movie coming out of uh, <laughs> that day? <laughs> well, the video, the videos on, on uh, my Instagram, Sound of Voice and Facebook, Sound of Voice, you could watch it. Um, I'm probably going to repost it again just because like now that people have heard it and they can go back and look at that, you know, like, whoa. Give a story behind it, too. And then Dave Damiani and I, we, we did the vocals. I mean, I spent, I can't tell you, four hours a song just going, I want to fix this. I want to fix this. I want to fix this. Going back and going over and making it better and choosing new, choosing new melody, choosing new, new, new directions because... I'm not covering these songs to sound like anybody else. I'm singing them to show the world what I got. Yeah. Love what it. I, rhetoric of the songs. I but, love it. But what I've kind of built within me as a performer for the last, you know, four years. This is a perfect segue to what I wanted to say, too, is the Louis Prima. I mean, you said it, a couple people perform a song, but just a gigolo. Yeah. When I think of that, I think of Prime Louis Prima. That's right. And you have your own version of that in this well, album too, which I loved. So, uh, just a gigolo, I ain't got nobody, right? I ain't got nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Classic. So, when, so, I, when I hear that song, I think of like Our Lady of Mar Carmel Feast, like Sausage and Peppers, mm -hmm. Zeppelin. So, you know have the voice. Louis Prima with that famous... Because Louis Prima was such a jazz cat. This is what people don't realize. New Orleans jazz was, was something that, you know, was primarily, you know, developed in these, in, these, in these clubs, in these places where, you know, a lot of working class people hung out. And, uh, and there's a lot of Italians in New Orleans. Yeah. So Louis Prima's around all this. Especially, especially years ago. Yeah. Like, Louis, Louis Prima's around all this, this serious jazz. Serious jazz. And you got humble is Billy, humble is Billy, humble is Billy, humble bop. I ain't got nobody. You know, like it's very, very swinging and hip. Mm -hmm. And then when you think about New Orleans, you can't think about New Orleans jazz without thinking about Louis Armstrong. You know? Mm -hmm. Oh, Legend. I don't ever well, you know. Of course, Legend. yeah. Legend. And Louis when Louis Armstrong did that same tune, just a gigolo. It was very, you know, almost somber, almost sad. You know, I'm just a gigolo, and everywhere I go, people know the part I'm playing. Everywhere I go, people know I'm a man whore, you know? Uh, 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 when the Same. end comes, I know. There the blues. Are, what, what is it? At, at the end, it goes, uh, uh, there will come a day when youth will pass away. What will they say about me? 
when I get old, you know. At when the, the end, end comes, I know the they'll say just a gigolo. Life goes on without me. Like, how sad is that? Life goes yeah. on without me. And Louis Prima kind of, Louis Armstrong rather, kind of slowed it down. Yeah. So we did the beginning kind of like a, a nod to Louis Armstrong with this beautiful uh, kind of like serenade of the horns, this beautiful horn verse up front. And then we, we kick the drums and then we swing it with that killing, killing horn, the, the horns, the, the horns in the saxes like a freight train. But I ain't got no body like Louis Prima. So yeah, classic, bro. I loved it. I loved it. I and made, then also the rags to riches. I mean, if you watch any mobster, oh, that's movie, one of my favorite songs that that one was like these songs. When I was listening to your album, I'm like. This is amazing, man. Like, thank you. Because it's it's like timeless music. Like, when I when I hear this album, it's the kind of album that when your mother is like making Sunday sauce, mm-hmm. you play this. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and you're like listening. Well, that's what I thought. Like, you know what what music a was I brought up on, and b what I like to sing, you know, mm-hmm. and how I'd like to hear it. You know, uh, um, I've been playing for four years now with Black Tie Brass in New York. Uh, great guys. Great, great guys, guys. Great guys. I met them when we did that stuff with LaPitt. And when they arranged, uh, when they did their arrangement of Rags to Riches, you know, it was very kind of like the, the popular one. And then I kind of liked what they were doing. You know, they were doing almost like a New Orleans jazzy type of shout uh, in, the, in, the, you know, in the middle of the song. And I loved it so much that I said, I want to do a, basically a New Orleans jazz style uh, rags to riches and kind of pay a little more homage in that way to, to the town and, you know, where, where a lot of great jazz came out of, to the, to the town that, you know, brought up Louis Prima and Louis Armstrong and inspired guys like uh, David Lee Roth when he was singing Beautiful Girls, which is also on the record. And so you get this really jazzy, raw version of Rags to Riches out of that. And I just put, when I did this record, you know, it, 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 especially for, for crooners, it's very tough to do a record and not kind of, you know, go with the very ballady, soft tones like a Bing Crosby, right? Because Frank Sinatra even said it himself, Bing Crosby taught us all how to sing, how to croon. And uh, I said, you know, I, I, I've, I've kind of built this way of getting out of my comfort zone when I perform that when I do this record I want to do it like I'm performing it like I'm like I'm at a club and I got this killer band behind me and so you know I I I did music that I like to perform at Rags to Riches is one of them and then music that that I that I I just like in general like Beautiful Girls by Van Halen you know an 80s with a big band (laughs) yeah a big uh, a killing rock band and you know we made this decision to do this song uh, before Eddie Van Halen had passed, um, you know, but you know how cool is it to take those riffs and uh, you know transform them into something an 18-piece band, 19-piece band could play. It's it, it it came out so I'm so so proud of it. I really really am. I'm so excited. We're so about we're it. so proud of you, bro, because you came a long way. So as some of you may know, last week we started a new segment on our podcast called Give Me a Break. So on this segment, we shout out small businesses to shine some light on them and give them a break after all that they've been experienced through these rough times. For this week, we got Frost Street Restaurant located on 193 Frost Street in Brooklyn, New York. 
Frost Street Restaurant has been a neighborhood staple for over 62 years. They opened up in 1959, and they immediately became the neighborhood restaurant to go to. They provide the local community with some of the very best Italian cuisine. My personal favorite that they have is the fried calamari and, of course, the pork brajol. Make sure you guys go check them out. And, of course, Sabino and Sal did a nice little segment after this episode to go pay them a visit and support them as well. So I hope you enjoy the next video. Before before we wrap this up, when we were like sitting down, before we started recording, you told me a great story about that song with um I can't give you anything but love. Yeah. With the it was um the guy J- Jimmy McHugh he wrote the song. So Jimmy McHugh wrote I can't give you anything but love among a lot of other tunes. Make sure you Google him, Jimmy McHugh, a famous New Yorker. Mm-hmm. It was right after the stock market crash. In what is it, twenty nine or something like that? The 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 big, the big uh, uh, the Great Depression. The Great Depression. The late twenties. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and he's he's uh, he's observing this couple walking past Tiffany's, and the girl points in the window and she goes, "Oh my God, how I'd love for you to buy me that diamond ring because this guy was a big stockbroker and had just lost everything, you know. And these stockbroker types they lose and then they get it back." You know, the next week. And he goes, listen. Next month, whatever, this, you know. This time next month, I'll buy you that diamond ring. But for right now, baby, I can't give you anything but love. <laughs> and Jimmy McHugh went back and wrote this this beautiful song, this beautiful tune. And uh, among among a lot of others, his grandson, Lee Newman, runs his entire catalog, right? It's a, it's a lot of music. It's a, you know, a lot of movies, scores, and everything like that. And uh, he came and saw me through Dave Damiani. He's a friend of Dave's. He came and saw me at the Shout out to Dave Damiani, though, he's man. A, he's a solid so give him, guy. Let's give him a shout out. Listen, he's a, he's a South Jersey guy, but he's still a good guy, you know? Good guy. He's a good guy. Dave, I don't care what anyone he's says about us. you. I don't care what he's anyone says about you. You're with me. <laughs> but so, so Dave brings him down to my show at the Vibrato in Beverly Hills, and he hears it. He loves it, right? Comes to Catalina, comes to all these different clubs, and we recorded the song. We sent it to him. I can't give you anything but love. He calls Dave about five minutes later. We were leaving. I was leaving for new, to come back to Florida, right? I was done with the record. I was going to go home. And uh, he calls us up. He goes, where are you guys? Well, we're about to head out to the airport. He goes, don't worry if Sal misses his flight. I'll buy him a new one. I want to buy you dinner. Wow. I want to take you out to dinner. And we sat there and we talked about his grandfather. And that's when he told me this story. You know, that, I lo- love to hear that. Yo, bro, I'm, I'm so proud of your progress. Your, the way you've brought your career to another level. This is by far your best work. We're all behind you, whatever you need. For all of you that are listening to this, please check this out. If you do not feel the emotion of this album by our conversation, I don't know what you feel. Cause for me, the first time I listened to My Way, uh, you know, because I had heard, I had recorded My Way, and then we just we just put it in the can. All the other ones, I actually got some rough copies of to listen to as soon as I got back so I could show G, so I can send them to my mom get and some, say, look, some, look what I've been up to. Yeah, get some feedback. Um, so I can send them to Lisa and, and Rich, you know. And I hadn't heard My Way until the album was done. So the first time anyone else heard My Way, I heard My Way. And I was driving back from Orlando, and I had a show up there. And uh, my way comes on, and I hear it the first time through, and all that emotion comes back, you know. And it was just like, man, you know, through it, what could have been 
the worst year of my life thus far. You not being able, around. not having having something I love doing stripped from me. You know, having witnessing such horror like we have this year. Uh, you know, uh, it, it was it was so. What could have been the worst year ended up being the best moment to hear that recorded, to hear it cemented. You know, we, we were talking before this about you know how actors their movies are their posterity. Their movies are their legacy. Uh, uh, you know, artists, uh, their, their, their paintings, their sculpture is their legacy. Mm -hmm. It lives forever. This, this music is my legacy. And so to have my way and to have this song without love and to have I'm a fool to want you that Frank Sinatra wrote for Ava Gardner, to have... Uh, when I'm 64, Beatles tune. Sabino didn't even know it was a Beatles yeah. tune. You hear about that? I only know the Beatle hits. <laughs> so, I, only know, I mean, even though well, that's a hit, but I only know the super, super hits. To have to have so many great songs, you know, uh, just to jiggle or regs to riches. Yeah. Uh, I can't give you anything but love. Walking my baby back coma. Nat King Cole tune. You know, paying paying tribute to to even black artists. To have that as my legacy is something I'm super proud of. You should be though. I'm super proud of that, and I'm I'm proud. I'm happy to have the friends that I have in Los Angeles who were able to get this done. I'm happy to have you know friends like you guys to come on here and and talk about it. And you know, we're based. definitely gonna promote. If anybody, ah. whoever could afford to purchase the album, please do so. And if you can't, stream it on anywhere you could stream music. Yeah. It's Either or, the more streams it gets. Listen, listen. the 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 goal. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk business side of it. The goal of producing your own music and 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 doing taking the risks that I do, is that a label's gonna come by and buy the masters and promote it, and so they could they could be a part of it and they could you know really really push it. And the way to do that is you get those streaming numbers up. So buy it if you can, like Sabino said, but definitely go and stream it. Play it in your car. Let it go on repeat. Cook some Sunday sauce. That's right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Make sure That's it's on right. repeat when you're sleeping. You know? Right. <laughs> and enjoy it. It, it, it my val uh, Little Valentine is the, the literal translation of my last name. Yep. It's what I it means it. in Italian. No, it's Valentinetti. Perfect. It's perfect. And it's, my, it's kind of my, my gift to not only my fans, but fans of America's Got Talent. Uh, fans of Heidi Klum's. How you doing? Uh, fa <laughs> fans of Gianna's Chicken Cutlets. Uh, uh, Especially the keto ones. And fans of growing up Italian and the like. So go and enjoy it. There's no better way to end it than that. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to check out my little Valentine. Love Sal you guys. Love Thank, you, too, Sal. Thank you, Sal. Thank you, Sal. Thank you, guys. Ciao.